I started crying because I I think that that line, it's so short, but it says so much. Welcome to Once Upon a Line, the podcast about beautiful words and the lasting impact they have on us. I'm Rosie Fernandez. They say truth is stranger than fiction, and today we're going to hear about a memoir so riveting that it left my next guest waiting for the sequel and the movie version. Meet Michelle Lung, a librarian, super reader, and one of the team members of this podcast. So Michelle, can you please read for us the line that blew your mind? No one can hurt you the way a mother can. No one can love you the way a mother can. So this book is from a memoir that was published last year, and the author's name is T. Kira Madden. And the title of the book is "Long Live the Tribe of Fatherless Girls," which in itself is such a punch in the gut. I love the title of that memoir. Where were you? When did you read this line for the first time? I was、um, at home in my bed, where I frequently read, and I was about to. You know, do my my evening ritual where I try to read. You know, twenty minutes to half an hour before bed. I try to not look at any screens, and I was just in the middle of this book, and it was that line that really just resonated with me, and I felt my stomach just kind of ball itself into a knot because I could relate so much to the line. And so, what did you do? I started crying because I I think that that line, it's so short, but it. It says so much, and it was just so affecting because I think it's so meaningful to me because it speaks of this intense, complicated relationship between mothers and daughters, which she explores in depth in this memoir. And I think a lot of people might be able to relate because it also speaks of this intense love, but mixed with perpetual disappointment. You know, while you're trying to go through the madness of girlhood and. Again, it's just it's so short and meaningful, but I also find it very courageous and raw that she's willing to kind of put that out into the world. And、um, I think having once been a teenage girl, it's just so relatable because you're trying to get along with your parents, you're dealing with your hormones, and you're just trying to find your way and like seek independence. And then, you know, you have these fights or situations with your mother where it's just like, wow. Like you hurt them, they hurt you. It's just this constant back and forth, and that's why I find that line so meaningful and memorable. Are you first generation Canadian? I ask because I am a first generation Canadian. Yes, I am. Yeah, I think the first generation experience is different. Like me, when I was a teenager, you know, I would have the same sorts of issues with my mom, and and besides the 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 usual sort of、um, teenage parent. Uh, conflicts. I think there's also、um, a cultural difference. Like I would go to school in Canada, modern day Canada, and come home, and it's like 1960 Spain in my mom's head. <laughs> yeah, and I experienced a lot of that, and that's why I could relate to a lot of the stories in the book as well. Like the author is biracial. She talks about you know her father being Jewish and her mother being like half Chinese and a Hawaiian, which is endlessly fascinating to me. Like I'm of Chinese descent myself. And、um, in this book, there's she tells a lot of stories about that and trying to come to terms with being multiracial and what that means, and growing up in Florida. And you know, there's a lot of great stories in this memoir. So you've just read the book. You are in tears. 
What do you do next? I I had to I had to put it down for a minute and just really like process that line and I remember rereading it and I was crying and I frequently do cry in books and movies even music like I'm just that type of person and uh, yeah so I I put it down for a minute and I had to like take deep breaths and then I reopened it and I'm like okay I want to know what uh, what happens next right so I did continue reading but I probably took maybe like a five ten minute breather because I felt like out of all the lines of the book and there's just so many that's the one that really hit me and then I was like you know what I'm going to because I had been following the author on social media for a while and I'm like oh I'm just gonna like see if she might respond to this and I remember writing to her in Instagram um, in direct messages yeah <laughs> and I wrote to her the the, the next morning because I, I couldn't do it like right then so uh, I wrote her, you know, slid into her DMs and I'm like, you know, what? she's probably never going to see this. Like, who knows? Right. Because she has like, I don't know, thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. And she actually wrote back like in the morning and she's like, wow. And we had this exchange about it. And I thought she was just like so gracious and kind. And even though it was a very short exchange, I wanted to tell her that like I related so much to this line and thank you for this book. And I told her that I completely teared up. And there's just so many stories in the book that I will never forget. So I've read so many memoirs in my life, and I have to say this is clearly one of the best. And I told her that, that I've read. And I feel like because I've been reading the genre for so long, <laughs> I have a bit, I feel like I have a bit of authority in saying that, at least, you know, to me, memoirs are so personal, books are so personal. But I told her that, wow, like I didn't expect this from this book and thank you for writing it. And I think we had a little moment and uh, that's just like unforgettable to me that in this day and age, it's just so cool. You can write to your favorite author um, on social media and, you know, they just might respond. And in this case she did. So that's super cool. And that's just kind of the constant theme with this book. Like, you know, the chapters, the passages, not, not a lot of them are very long, but somehow she's able to put so much you know, say so much with so little. And uh, I really appreciate that as a reader, as a writer myself, like that type of restraint. It's just so beautiful. I haven't read the book myself. But as I was reading reviews about it, it seemed like every review focused on a different aspect of the book. And I felt myself wondering, what is this book about? There's like so much in here. Um, There's crime stories, uh, there's sexual assault, there's growing up and all kinds of things. what uh, what stands out for you if you were to say like what the theme is? It's a coming of age story, right? But I would say it's a memoir that just explores her upbringing in this like wealthy community in uh, Boca Raton, Florida is where she grew up. And uh, yeah, it explores so many themes like you mentioned, you know, there's class and the fact that she did grow up uh, pretty wealthy and privileged. But then there's also, unfortunately, you know, abuse that happens and drama, not only within family, but with friends, you know, being a teenager. It also talks about, yeah, these kind of like small white collar crimes. I don't want to give too much away, but there are stories about that for sure. And uh, another theme that is explored in it a lot is uh, the theme of addiction and how both her parents, you know, definitely had their struggles with that. And she talks about that in a very kind of raw, beautiful way, right? Um, So I was just absolutely taken by it. Like I never knew what was coming next. And I cried several times as I kept saying, and I just thought it was just so, it was such a thoughtful human memoir. And at, at times, although it was heartbreaking and it did make me cry, there was also a few stories where I also remember like 
kind of belly curling over, just laughing because it was just so ridiculous and funny. So it has like it really has a bit of everything. And I just found out actually, was it a few weeks ago? The author posted on social media that it is being made into a movie. I know she also said publicly that she's you know working on a sequel, but considering how it took almost all her life to kind of write the story of this one. Like, who knows when the next one will come? Because uh, right at the end of it, there is a twist. And I just, I did not see it coming. And again, that twist just like completely floored me. And again, I, t- I talked to her on Instagram and I said, oh my God, like I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and I was like, I need to know what happens next, even though this is a true real story, right? So I feel like in many ways... Obviously, she knows best, but she's still living with the twist that happens at the end of this memoir. And it was just so raw and real. And I'm just so grateful that she just like put herself out there because it's a very personal story. Right. So I really appreciated that. So you read a lot. You actually work at the library. Can you tell me a little bit about why you fell in love with reading? I have to say reading was definitely my my first love. And I think what helped is, you know, when we first you know, moved to Toronto and like came to Canada. Um, I guess I was lucky enough to always be close to a public library. And like many kids growing up in immigrant households and, you know, their parents perhaps working multiple jobs and being very busy, the library became almost like a de facto like babysitter for me. And my parents would like frequently drop me off and it was just seen and it still is right as this safe space. Um, And I remember, you know, talking to the head librarian and getting recommendations and she would save me books that she thought that I really, really liked. Right. And we just developed such a connection. But, you know, this is when I was eight or nine when I started going to the library, like every single day after school. And I would spend like four hours there on the weekend just being engrossed by all these stories and books. And I never thought in a million years that I could end up working at a library. Uh, when you're a kid, it's just like this play place, right? You go, you don't think about work. And, you know, I never really thought about what I was going to do, you know, when I was um, a grown up. But then that same head librarian um, eventually came up to me when I was like 14, 15. And he said to me, you're here all the time. Would you like a job here? <laughs> and those are like famous last words, right? And at that time, you know, my friends were flipping burgers, working at McDonald's, you know, kind of uh, folding shirts at the Gap and at the mall. And uh, I ended up shelving books at this library. And I just honestly just got swept away, got it just all started from there, right? And when I went to university, like naturally, the only thing I could think of that I would possibly think of studying for four years was English literature. So I did that. And then I later found out, yeah, I could be like a librarian. So I did my um, library of information um, degree at University of Toronto. And here we are. So I've been at the system for over 20 years and it's been such a ride. And just so um, I'm just so grateful because every day I get to go to this place that I love so much and I see the impact we have on people. And I am literally surrounded by books every single day. I work with voracious readers and I get to see all the new books. I get to see all the the neat things that you wouldn't might not come across. So there you go. I follow you on Instagram and um, I pay close attention to the books that you recommend. But it seems to me like there's like 10 new recommendations every week. And so I'm wondering, like, how much do you read? Like, How many books do you go through in a week? You know, I always joke with my friends, like I don't have a lot of natural talent and I'm not good at a lot of things, to be honest. But for some reason, uh, I know that I'm probably an anomaly, but I'm able to read quite quickly. 
meaning like, you know, an average fiction book, let's say, I would say, you know, most fiction books are maybe 300 pages, like 325. I usually am able to finish those in three to four hours, which is a pretty quick time. Very quick. And, you know, people always ask me, oh, Michelle, like, do you speed read? Do you skim? Like, that's really funny to me because I don't even like really understand what that means. I'm like, I guess the answer is no, because I am able to retain this information. Yeah, I can I can just read it. Um, so I would say on average, for most of my life, I kid you not, I've read two to three books, I would say a week, I can confidently say, obviously, there have been things in my life that have stopped me from reading. But you know, that hasn't really happened too much that I can tell you. So that's the way it's always been. And it's been my favorite hobby. And people always ask you, yeah, how do you have time? But if it is literally your only hobby, trust me, you have time because I don't watch TV. I don't go to the movies. I don't listen to much music. Like I'm pretty, pretty lame that way. And uh, I always my first choice of entertainment is I'm going to pick up a book, I'm going to pick up a book. And there's like an endless amount of books to read, right? So just going back to the topic, and that line, has reading this book or processing it, has it shaped how you want to parent your daughter when she becomes a teen? Has this changed the way I look at motherhood? I would say absolutely 100%. That's probably one of the reasons why I like it so much. And I think what I want to take from it is that um, I hope, you know, being a mother to my, to my daughter, Bella, I'm always able to be honest with her, be open, and not only show that, you know, I'm a strong person, but also not being afraid to show my vulnerability and the fact that I'm not perfect. And I think that um, might not have happened, you know, it didn't happen when I was growing up. Like my mother was always very much kind of this tiger mom authority figure. And although I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, and she did the best she could given the circumstances, I think how I might want to parent a little bit differently is that you know, not not to be afraid to show my emotions, my rawness, my vulnerability. And um, I think what I take from it is that if I am wrong, I want to be able to honestly tell her that I'm wrong. And I screwed up. And let's talk about it. And I'm not perfect. And I feel like maybe I didn't necessarily have that growing up. And I think a lot of my friends would probably say the same thing. Uh, as I have a lot of friends that are the same as me, just kind of first generation Canadians, like the immigrant story, right? There's a lot of um, mm. things that tie us all together. And I think that's one that's one of the things that my friends have told me as well, that their their mother or father or, you know, parental figure just never apologized or talked about the things that made them scared and um, mm-hmm. things that they thought that they could have done better. Thank you very much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure talking to you. That was librarian, speedy reader, and Once Upon a Line podcast team member, Michelle Lung. What about you? Have you read anything that simply knocked your socks off? Share your story with me at onceuponalinepodcast at gmail.com and tell me all about it. Special thanks to the other part of our team, Natalie Curtis. I'm Rosie Fernandez. Until next time, happy reading.